<laughs> I don't know. I've got Alex on the show today, Alex Woodbury. She is, well, she's a lot of things. She's a mystic. She's a business person. She's a lover of Jesus. Uh, She's a world traveler. She's a designer, fashion guru, um, Kanye fan, all kinds of stuff. I mean, Alex also happens to be a part of the same inner city ministry that Katie and I are a part of right here in the neighborhood of Slavic Village, Cleveland. And uh, she lives right down the street, just a few blocks down. So it's really exciting to have you here. Thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, you're so welcome. I think you just named like seven things. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Did I miss anything? I mean, that's like pretty well covers it. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I, so what I wanted to do is, uh, because some of my listeners might not know you, um, I thought it might be fun to do an icebreaker. So I'm just going to come up with the first 10 questions that come to my head and you're going to answer them like as fast as possible. Cool. So just like rapid fire. Okay. The problem with this call is I'm like super competitive. So I'm like, what do I get if I win? Um, $5 cash. No, you're not competing. You're competing competing against other guests, I guess, to be the most interesting. So. All right. It's on. Uh, don't screw this up. Don't make this boring. Okay. Okay. All right. Fantastic. All right. Uh, number one, favorite local place to eat. Lucky's Cafe. Really? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Great one. Um, favorite, (laughs) favorite, uh, dog breed. Bernadoodle. I just discovered these last week. I was in quarantine. I was driving in my car next to a guy in a car with his Bernadoodle in the back. I'd never seen one of those before. It was a St. Bernard Labradoodle. Like a St. Bernard Doodle. I guess not Labradoodle. So a St. Bernard Poodle. So it's like a curly St. Bernard. It was the cutest thing ever. A Bernadoodle, too, just sounds like a Sesame Street character to me. Yes. But, okay, um, <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking breeds. I was going to say favorite breed of turtle. I don't know what that is. How about um, favorite flavor ice cream? Chocolate peanut butter cup from Mitchell's only. Awesome, because my next question was definitively what is the best ice cream brand in Cleveland? It's got to be Mitchell's. It is Mitchell's. It's like why I moved back to Cleveland. People say graders. I'm like, just get out of my life. I don't no, need no, to no, talk no. to you. Anyway, um, all right, favorite brand for clothing just average clothing not like super fancy but just like oh um i like stores so i'll answer it a little little differently so i love stores that carry lots of different brands because they have a lot of my favorite kinds of brands there so my favorite store in all of the world is liberty london they have like small designers it's a department store um so kind of lesser known designers as well as kind of big names so they kind of have a blend i love to kind of explore lots of brands um like alexa chung is one of my current favorites too she's nice she's in there and yeah so that's one favorite non-jesus historical figure I almost said Kanye. Kanye. <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with the first thing in my Wow. It, <laughs> um, his career is history. <laughs> um, 
I just watched a documentary on Harriet Tubman, so I think I'm thinking about her a lot. Okay. Um, Fantastic. I will say Harriet Tubman. She looks... I, I haven't seen that movie, but I saw the proposed, like, putting her on the $20 bill photo. She had a shotgun, and I was like, yes, please do that to our $20 bills. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite underrated travel destination? Ooh, underrated. Yeah, I mean, everybody... What, Statue of Liberty? Come on, get yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, a little hidden gem in the U.S., actually, this isn't even in, like, the international s- spectrum, is... Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Bro, no way. Are you freaking kidding me? I love that place. No way. I know I was just telling Katie about this. I was like, I, cause so we're gonna be we're gonna be going to Kansas City here for a wedding soon. And I was like, I gotta take you to this place that I used to go to with my church every like once or twice a year. No way. Eureka Springs. Wow. Who, yeah. Come my on. family bought some properties there like seven or eight years ago now and so it's only like a five or six hour drive from Kansas and so we've ended up going down there quite a bit for like holidays and stuff it's they call it the little Italy of of Arkansas or like the little Italy of the south which is it's maybe a little bit of a stretch but it's just cute like it's the tiny little (laughs) I don't remember Italian food I think we ate it like a Bob Evans or something while we were there but (laughs) I think just like the style of the city and the cobblestone and the narrow streets all that oh Oh, man so yeah. then you've been to that glass church i'm guessing yes. it's so cool yes. man i love that yeah. oh that is so funny yes. to me and did you know that um eureka springs is second to las vegas in weddings which i always find like what? equally mind-blowing yeah. oh so maybe it's not as unknown as i thought it was I, there's a certain type of people that go there that just that are there forever they love it favorite favorite food duo so you do peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter and chocolate, peanut butter and soy sauce, whatever you want, you know. I mean chips and guacamole. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> um, favorite favorite brand of candle. Candle. Yeah, candle. Um, <laughs> shoot, that's. I mean, I don't know my candle brands, but have you? If you've been to a place in Cleveland called the Beet Jar, it's a local juicery in Hinchtown. They sell like natural products, and okay. I've been looking at their candles to buy one. Um, I didn't. Well, if you haven't it's tested like soy. it, I don't think that counts. That's true, but they just look cool. I think I'm all about like aesthetics of things, like how true. things look. And their soy candles look cool. I have no idea what they're called. Just so you know, it's fine. And just just so you know, the correct answer is Woodwick candles. Okay. Oh, just Woodwick. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have even. They're they're great. They have a okay. wooden wick and they crackle like a fire. It's fantastic. All right. Favorite ugliest animal. Hairless cats. <laughs> no, those are so sad. Oh my gosh! I gotta say, I try to have a really high view of humanity. Like I love people, and I believe like in the human spirit, and I believe in God's image in in all of us. But I saw people on Instagram who are getting their hairless cats tattooed. And I, I gotta say, that took me a while to get over that one. That's oh. that is some serious outrage. They're probably doing it in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Pro- yeah, probably. <laughs> or Branson. And they probably go to church at that glass church. Yeah. <laughs> um, my answer, not that you asked, and I'm the host of the show, so I don't think people really care that much. But cuddle, have you have you seen a cuddlefish before? Or no, I'm sorry, a blobfish. No. All right, let me pull up a picture. Okay. 
You'll, not, it'll, not similar to like a puffer fish. No, 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 no. Fish. Okay. Uh, if when you're as you're listening to this, I want you to get on your phone and Google blobfish and just go to like Google Images. I'm about to show you this thing. Oh, <laughs> I've definitely seen memes of this thing. <laughs> yeah, for it sure. looks. The stuffed animal version is pretty epic. I think I think God Amber, was just Amber like throwing things together at this <laughs> point. <laughs> Same with like a platypus. It's just like I'm out of ideas. Let's just combine a few like old ideas. I mean, I could see those in like the bottom of Lake Lake Erie in Cleveland. Probably are, and they probably glow in the dark. <laughs> Well, fantastic. Alex, uh, there's a lot more to you than candles and all that sort of things, blobfish. So. Um, so what I just was curious about is could you just tell us a little bit about your life journey? Yes, love to. I am actually, like I mentioned before, from Kansas and was living there, raised there, born there, and my family's still there. Went to a, like, all of schooling up to college in Kansas. Um, I'm an only child, so it's just me, myself, and I. And my parents are actually only children also, so that's always kind of a fun fact is because like my family is pretty small. There's no grandparents, just me and my parents and myself. So um, we're, we're close. My, my family are, um, they're entrepreneurs. And so both of them own their own businesses. And so I think a lot of that came from me, like my own entrepreneurial desire and kind of passion. You know, I saw the successes of my parents and how they structured their lives and how they ran their businesses. So that was a big part of my life. My through that, I think my parents were really flexible and like supportive. So I was really involved in sports. Um, I played volleyball in college. Um, after college, went to um, fashion school, and then as a result of finishing fashion school, got a job in a place called Cleveland, Ohio. And I absolutely love Cleveland. I moved here seven years ago and um, have been kind of on a journey of following personal dreams. I worked in the fashion event industry for a few years, quit my job, and then kind of have started entrepreneurial ventures and a lot of just dreaming of things. And um, recently went to Paris for fashion school and then most recently London to do a master's. And so I'm just getting back from London um, for my master's and I'm back in Cleveland and that's like a whole other story in itself. But I think um, what you have to know about me is I'm like a highly, highly energetic, um, highly optimistic, highly creative I like to call myself highly intelligent, even though I didn't know what a blobfish or type of, <laughs> type of candle was. Um, but I love to learn. I love um, travel. I love people. I love, I love like love and giving um, and expressing and art and things like that. So that's a little bit of my journey. Okay, one of the most striking things about you is your love for Jesus. So can you tell me a little bit about like how you met Jesus and uh, especially as a creative person, how that might have impacted your creativity? Totally. Yeah, I um, didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up with a Christian family, um, 
but I kind of what I say I say I actually met Jesus in high school and it's a pretty cool story I was a freshman and I had a friend her name's Jacqueline and we were leaving basketball practice and during this time she started passing me notes like handwritten notes and I just remember like the first line of this first note that she ever wrote me it was like hey so I know this person named Jesus and he's really <laughs> awesome and I think you should know him and I wonder what you think about him and what you think you're gonna go after you die like all these sort of questions <laughs> like that and so this was kind of my first introduction of just these handwritten notes like this friend would we'd end up passing notes in class like sharing scripture and like she'd tell me like testimonies or things going on in her life and she ended up inviting me to church with her family um and so that was that's how I met Jesus and um passing notes that is that is kind of fantastic the whole and like the great thing about it still like to this day is I have these notes so in my oh no way in Kansas I have this little box I actually like pull it out most every time I'm back home and it's called like my I I, I, like decorated it with like Maj Paj you know all the things you used to do um and it's like my pump box and it has all these verses and all the notes that she ever gave me are like in this box so it's really fun to like go back to that is such a cool story. I, yeah. I I've I've heard of like gospel tracks. Right. <laughs> That's so cool though. She wrote you notes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to try that right. out sometime. Also, yeah. like in school, you're kind of bored anyway, so you're mm-hmm. like, sure, I'll, right? I'll read a note about when Jesus. I wonder about that now. Like, kids aren't. I mean, we didn't have phones in high school, or we didn't carry them around to class. So it was like you pass notes, and you had like little notebooks you pass back and forth. So nowadays, maybe kids are like texting these things or whatever. But there's something about handwritten notes that are just it's true although you could just send a gif and be like hey do you know this guy have it be like smiling jesus that's true that's true (laughs) it's a lot easier that way but yeah i think so that's my kind of initial journey with jesus and so i've i've been saved 16 years this year and like after high school went to um a small christian college um where i actually got a degree in uh what was my degree family ministry and counseling so kind of touching on your question of like all your creative all your creativity like how did that mix with how you knew jesus um i remember in college and this wasn't really like from my college necessarily or from any of my peers but i think it was kind of this like worldview that i kind of adopted for myself for a while that was like oh i have to i have to lay down all of my creative passions <laughs> i have to lay down everything i've ever wanted in the world and and just serve jesus and so actually that kind of became a pivoting point in why i chose my my degree family ministry because i was actually like a senior in high school i had taken a trip to new york city i was looking at going to fit Fashion Institute of Technology, and I was looking at um, actually going to school for fashion design. I had an internship in New York City where I was working with for a few weeks with a magazine um, development company and like creating magazine styles of of prints and stuff. And that was like my track. I was going to go for fashion design, and then I I sort of not let it all go, but I, I went to college and I was like, I just want to seek Jesus, which I think that intent was really great. And I, I was such a new believer. I like wanted, I just wanted to know more. And I knew like I needed that. I knew I wanted to like step into more of Jesus, but I think I didn't know what to do with all my desires for creativity, specifically fashion and design. Cause I was seeing a world where like in my Christian college and within my circle of friends, it was 
pursuit of your life was it was ministry and so I sort of took that upon myself in a way and was like all right like I have passions that really circle both fashion and creativity and ministry Mm -hmm. and Jesus and I didn't know how those worlds could really collide I hadn't really seen it yet Um, I didn't know how to infuse both of these things that I was really passionate about so I remember like my journey in college um, was good I I loved my degree I loved my uh, professor and the classes they were amazing but I remember graduating college and being like ah there was something honestly that kind of broke where I was like, I was made to be creative and there's like things inside of me that God has given me that need to be released. Like I can't shut down these things that these gifts, I can't shut down these, these like desires of my heart. Um, and I believe that there could be, there's like an infusion. So he started to kind of teach me about how to blend both of these worlds. And I think one of the main ways he did that was when I went to, um, I traveled to Africa three times during college and then after. So in 2012, I traveled to Uganda where I was working with like a um, a project development community. So we worked with women and taught them how to sew mm. um, in like rural Uganda, like in the bush. And the ministry was called Project Lydia and I was actively like working with women to teach them sewing and train them and also like seeing their lives change because they were learning a skill and making money and like their lives were better because of this whole system and so um yeah so through Project Lydia I start like all the lights kind of came on. I was like, wow, like this is how you sort of blend social enterprise with fashion and with sewing and creativity. So some of that started coming together through seeing it really in person. I like what you said. Uh, it seems like a journey that a lot of Christian artists go through where they develop their creative skills and then they meet Jesus. And whether it's because of Jesus or the church culture or whatever, for some reason, like everybody kind of comes to this place where they're like, oh, I have to lay this down. I have to sell everything and live in the middle of nowhere. And that's the only acceptable way to live. And then at some point, like it circles back around and God's like, actually, I made you this way. But I'm kind of curious as to why you think, why do you think that is? Why do you think people's first impulse is to just be like, I have to throw all of this stuff away in order to have that? There's this tension and this line of like what you see and experience and, and even read in the Bible, like take up your cross and follow me and, uh, you know, like die, die to yourself and seek after me and all these things will be given to. So you see these pieces of like, Jesus is everything. Like Jesus is my priority. Like he's the gift. He's the treasure. He's my best friend. Like my life is for his. But then you also have the side of tension that's like, but he's created you with gifts and talents and abilities that he wants you to express mm-hmm. to the world. Like he's given you, like he, it's his dream and you are kind of the channel in which you are like releasing the stream. Um, I remember reading a book called Dream Culture when I moved to Cleveland and started doing BSSM, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. This book was all about how God gives dreams and how you have permission to dream with him. And even like that that side of the tension. So I think 
Christians, you know, you, you kind of have this line and, you know, you, you see both pieces and it's kind of how to bring, bring it together. I guess I've thought about it too and I think it's like this this thing where um, when you're kind of living for yourself the main artistic goal is like self-expression and it's kind of this like vanity thing like there there really is only one thing to pursue and it's being the best or it's being as best as you can which which is great in a way but then like all of a sudden you meet Jesus and boom you have this heart for justice. I, I love what you said that God isn't necessarily trying to get rid of your artistry so much as he is like manifesting himself through your artistry that just blows my mind because like what you're saying is at that point everything becomes part of how you love the world you're not doing it to serve yourself the artist but you're doing your art to actually serve what the world needs in some way Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which is fun for everyone (laughs) yeah I think you know somewhere along the line my question became like how can I give these gifts to him because they're they are for the world they're for friends they're for the benefit of people of course Mm -hmm. but like the main question is like how i want to give this to you like this is a gift this is an offering to you if my life is yours on that other side of like the tension line my life is yours and yet i have these dreams and things and and loves and passions okay so therefore my question is this is yours i want to give this to you how can i do it So with all these things that you're kind of working on, um, you start developing like a heart for, I guess I call it justice, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like missions. It's, it's yeah. restoring the planet. It's not just yeah. like beauty is its own amazing and worthwhile pursuit, but then like restoration of people's lives is also in there. Another element for you that I've seen is like urban development. And so is that kind of just a result of you being in Cleveland or was that something that God was also putting on your heart? like working with inner city communities and stuff? Mm -hmm. When I go back to what I always told people I wanted to be when I grew up, I always said, I just want to help people and make beautiful things. That was kind of always my sentence. And I think counseling obviously fit really well with that because it was like, I want to help people. And that's so much my personality. And that's my priority as like a people-centered person is like, how can I help? What can I do? My love language is like acts of service and words and encouragement. And so it's like, I want to give and I want to like help people become healthy and help people like raise up into who they are in their identity and so that became a core value I think out of counseling but also moving to Cleveland um, I think I, I personally had to go on an identity journey um, I realized this quote that Chris Valentin and Bill Johnson usually always say is People that know who they are know whose they are, and they know where they're going. And so Mm. I had to come to know who I was, whose I was, and out of that, kind of the journey where I was going and pushing me into my dreams and passions and kind of destiny, for for lack of a better word. But um, that initial piece of who I am and whose I am is identity. And so um, when I look at the where I'm going part, I think those three statements kind of summed up to me what it means to like transform people and transform communities. So how can we help people figure out who they are, whose they are, and where they're going? How can we help people feel connected with themselves, with family, and with 
like their destiny and connect people with family and connect people with Jesus and, and help people feel whole because that was so much a process for me and I think Cleveland really um, exemplified that because I had never up to that point been in a church culture that was so committed to a city and mm-hmm. so I came to Cleveland and specifically Bethel Cleveland and Bethel Cleveland was like all about city transformation and all about investing in the city of Cleveland and seeing this place rise up and transform and kind of um, partnering with like the prophetic words over a city and partnering with how to yeah just see a city restored complete whole alive set free and I had never heard these things and so I was like wow like this is so great and once I kind of built you build this like recipe of like what Cleveland was and who Cleveland is and where Cleveland's going I like that was something that you can't help but like get passionate about you're like man I want to be a part of the change I want to be a part of what's happening and that got me I think that that really got me excited for transformation because once I realized I was in a place for a purpose I was like what can I do let's do something let's figure this out let's make something better so yeah I think you're doing it so well already and I'm just excited as a friend to see how that continues to develop I just think it's really cool that you've spent time in like Paris and New York and France and then like at the same time if you were to take a walk down the street there's kids literally all over um, our our inner city community who would recognize you and be like Alex how are you doing like that's so cool to me and uh, it's it's interesting I've run into kids um, just for a little context for the listeners, uh, Alex and I were both a part of a, um, like an inner city ministry that she ran. So Katie and I helped with that, and I still meet kids like three years later, just out and about, who are like, "Oh man, Joshua kids, that was so fun. How's it going?" I just think that's so cool that you you truly are already doing that in some capacity but I know there's more that you see so Mm -hmm. yeah that was a really special time Joshua kids Mm -hmm. I miss that Um, I think I mean that was a piece too I I had done two years of Bethel ministry school and had like an opportunity for a third year internship and um, I chose this Bethel Cleveland Joshua kids program that was a really cool piece too because I was living in Slavic at the time again and being in Slavic it was kind of the same with what I was saying about Cleveland when you even in Cleveland what can we do to transform it and make it better and then you break down even that within a neighborhood within Cleveland so Slavic how can we transform Slavic and make it better and so being a part of Joshua kids was like this piece of like wow I get to actively be a part of getting to know kids in the community and seeing them transformed in a very practical way and so you've got like these pieces of your love for Jesus being led by the spirit your creativity and your business and that thing has taken you like all over the world Mm -hmm. and um, I'm just curious if you have uh, like what did that kind of look like overseas in a completely different context Um, so here it's like it's very practical hanging out with neighborhood kids like you've done stuff like teaching them how to sew and things like that so but what does that look like 
to follow Jesus in the fashion world. Uh, oh, there's all kinds of stuff going on out there. Yeah, for sure. And fashion, the industry of fashion is one that needs a lot of help. And I think that's another reason I am really passionate about it because th- there's so many opportunities for innovation and change and disruption. But, you know, for me in 2017, I um, applied for a master's program because I was going through like old dream journals that I had and I had read one from 2012 when I was in Uganda and I had written in this journal, man, Lord, it'd be so awesome if someday I could change the world for Europe and go to a fashion school in London and change (laughs) the world, uh, change the fashion industry. I mean, this is like my direct words. I'm reading this however many years later, and I was like, what? This is awesome. What can I do to pursue this dream? And so I like started Googling uh, master's programs in London, and like the f- first one that came up on Google is London College of Fashion, which is like a top three school in the world. I mean, I look through these programs, and I'm like, what? great, I'll give it a try. Like, might as well apply. And so I applied, and this was like in the summer. This was in June. Technically, my program would start in August, so like two months away. Two weeks later, I get an acceptance letter, and I'm like, (laughs) shoot, I gotta go, man. I gotta make this happen. So there I was like two months later in 2017 in London um, getting accepted to a program um, there, and it was it was incredible. I think um, because I knew I had carried so many ideas. I carry millions of ideas all the time, just mm-hmm. being a hyper creative person. Um, and I needed to focus my energy to really build a business and build strategy behind all of my business ideas because I didn't come with a business degree. I didn't have a lot of learnings. I had just you know, you can figure things out and you can be very self-taught these days, but, and I of course watched my parents, but I knew there was a piece of me that needed to focus and like write down my business ideas and push myself to go kind of to the next level within business. So that was kind of what those programs were. And I knew that I needed to, I knew that I needed to learn specifically about like social enterprise and social transformation, urban development, and how, again, how that idea like merged with fashion and so in London let me think of like some like I, I think like being in London is, is hyper busy and, and so fun it, it, it I always said like I think I was meant to be European it's, it's <laughs> just the best type of atmosphere but it's um, what I learned about myself and about big cities is it's very introspective so you're very isolated you're very alone Um, I think I wrote a blog on this a couple years ago like London is the it's literally called the loneliest city in the world and and you can see it you can feel it you can you can go weeks without talking to people if you don't want to just through like putting on your headphones going in the tube going to class, walking to the store, going back home. You don't have to really like push yourself to be extroverted and get to know people. So my my journey for community was really intense and 
Um, but also, like, really blessed. I got affiliated with a church called Catch the Fire London, which was amazing. Yes. Uh, they. I just got to throw this in really quick. Um, her senior leadership team from her church in London came here in Cleveland to our church. Just totally blew it up. There's people everywhere, like, wasted, laughing. It was awesome. So yeah. that, that that's really cool that you got connected with them. Yeah. I approve. Oh, for sure. You're, like, wasted the whole time, man. It's incredible. <laughs> It's awesome. Um, like, just a very presence-focused church. I mean, if I didn't have them, I just, I probably would have died in London. I wouldn't have made it. It was it was rough for a while. The thing I know, I know about Jesus is he he's solution-minded, and he has solutions for literally every problem. And one of the fun exercises that we did in school a lot was in coming up with businesses, one of the first questions that you should probably ask is what's the problem that you're wanting to solve so in creating something how do I want to make this better so for someone that invented the chair they probably thought well the problem is that I need somewhere to sit so I can sit higher up at a table instead of having to sit on the floor or I don't I can't sit on the floor so therefore I have to create a chair right like I, I don't know quite the process of what someone's thinking <laughs> when they invent a chair but so the, what's the problem and therefore how can your business offer a solution and so <clears throat> um I think that became a really fun piece of learning how to do business is like it's it's solution focused and then also kind of going and talking to Jesus about like the creative solutions he has for these problems. Mm -hmm. um, it's not up to my mind to figure it out. It's not up to my creativity to figure it out. But like he has the revelation behind like the solutions for these problems. Um, even the, you know, Pastor Steve was sharing a couple weeks ago about the George Washington Carver who invented peanut butter and he looked at a peanut I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get some of the story right. Maybe you say it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He, he said, um, Lord, show me the secrets of the universe. And the Lord was like, no way, start smaller. Yeah. In so many words, in 1800 speak, I guess. And so George Washington Carver's like, okay, how about a peanut? <laughs> show me the secrets of a peanut. Yeah. And then, yeah. And there's however many hundreds of things you can do with a peanut. So stuff like that is, is fun. Um... Is the chair, is that your, like, personal thing that you're just like, <laughs> Lord, show me the secrets of a chair? It's, again, the first thing I thought of. Well, I think I think that's a part of, like, social enterprise and urban development and so social transformation that's exciting. Okay, so what's the problem we see in Slavic Village? Right now, there are families that are going jobless because they've been laid off and kids are not in school so families are not working and kids are at home and they're told not to leave and maybe they don't have a car how do they get groceries how do they get food how do they have access to food so the problem is they need food how can we provide a solution and so how can we provide solutions and how can we create businesses that offer practical solutions for people that that really do need them so I love it. You're talking about solutions. You're talking about Jesus, how he speaks to you in these things. And you're talking about your time in London. And I'm, I'm curious then, uh, you had a lot of time to really develop your, was it your master's? Yeah. Mm -hmm. your, your master's thesis. And I know you're really excited about that. So what kinds of ideas were you developing? Can you tell me a little bit about, I know the word polymath is big for you. Yes. Polymath, Cole. Oh, see, I... 
I had to Google it. <laughs> yes. Okay, you don't know much about candles, but you know way bigger words than I do. <laughs> I also was like, I know, I know that this isn't polygamy, but I don't know what it is, so I'm gonna Google it. What is the difference? Yeah. Polymath. Also, it has the word math in it, so I'm already kind of like you're losing me. So go ahead. So yes, this is like the most exciting thing. This, these kind of statements around what I created for my master's dissertation literally changed my life. So it was on Easter Sunday last year. I listened to a Paul Manwaring sermon, and he was talking about people called polymaths and how polymaths were the people in the Renaissance movement in Florence, Italy, that were the ones that were literally changing and shaping culture because of their hyper creative and heightened ways to create and innovate and and create new things. Mm. So this polymath term, I was like, what? What is this? So poly... Poly means multiple. Multi. Math means learnings. So it's someone that has multiple learnings, at least three skills that they're pretty well accomplished in. So Cole is a polymath. He's a musician. He's a podcaster. He's a dad. He's also creative. He's you draw. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you named like seven things about me earlier mm-hmm. in the day, so I feel like I have to like keep going. But no, whatever. Cole has like street fighting, street <laughs> racing, candle <laughs> knowledge, bear wrestling. <laughs> so all these things Cole does. So Cole is a polymath. He's someone that's accomplished in at least three different things, and all these at least three different things he can do really well. So how can Cole create a new industry behind? his skills of a polymath so So in that's like what happened in the renaissance was like michelangelo and these people that had industries or skills the turtle guys yes the turtle (laughs) skills sorry yep exactly (laughs) sorry Um, they were developing skills (laughs) um yeah like uh leonardo da vinci I almost said Leonardo DiCaprio. He's probably a polymath, too. <laughs> and I mean, a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah. um, so Michelangelo, Leonardo... Le- I almost did it again. Leonardo DiCaprio. We'll just keep saying it. He probably is. Um, but these people, um, they, they blended like art and math, or they blended science and writing. So and out of those things they did something new is made and so I like the spirit of innovation was on the renaissance and from the renaissance it transformed to all the rest of the world mm. the whole world felt what came out of the renaissance movement so this idea of renaissance like creating renaissance so part of creating transformation within cultures happens through renaissance so what are the ingredients of creating a renaissance what are the ingredients for people to learn how they are in fact polymaths or as I would like to call them polymathic and like have many skills and do many things and therefore how can we innovate and create something new from what they have learned so um my dissertation was all about studying renaissance polymath I studied businesses that were doing multiple things so even like Kim Kardashian you can argue this but you know she's an aspiring lawyer she's creative she's a businesswoman she's a social influencer she's creating a new industry because of what she's doing we have Elon Musk we have Steve Jobs like people that are just hyper innovative and creative 
you know, we can argue that they're polymathic. We can argue that they've created renaissance. And so I started looking at, like, how to create businesses that do that. How can we create businesses that transform and create renaissances? Because if you look at how renaissances can actually change society, like just look at the renaissance in Florence. Um, you know, I look at Cleveland, Ohio. Can we argue that like Slavic Village could be the next hub of a renaissance? And how can we put businesses and people in place to really expand it and make it into a cool hub for innovation. So I knew like once I graduated and finished my dissertation that the next thing I wanted to do and the next place I wanted to be was somewhere that kind of for lack of a better word like needed me or like not needed me but needed a renaissance. Like there mm -hmm. was a place that actually had had a problem that I could solve that had that wanted creativity, that wanted influence, that wanted transformation. And I also knew that I wanted to be around family and people. And so that kind of goes into like my journey back to Cleveland. But, you know, seven or eight months ago, I came back for this conference that you talked about with Catch the Fire in Bethel, Cleveland, where everyone was on the floor, wasted, And I was part of that, and my whole life got flipped upside down. And here I am back in Cleveland. I had no grid for coming back to Cleveland. No <laughs> grid at all. It was not on the radar. But here's another side note, Cole. God, I was trying to count this morning before I came. I think God gave me over 150 dreams Jeez. in the last six to seven months. Probably like 50 of those dreams were between August and September, like that mm -hmm. time between me trying to figure out to come back to Cleveland. Literal dreams in the night that were so specific, I would wake up and I would know exactly what to do. I knew that I had to go back to Cleveland. I knew that I had to call my family and tell them I was moving there. I knew that I had to go buy a, a flight and I knew what the price of the flight was going to be. Whoa. Like, weird, like so specific. <clears throat> and so um, part of that that's really exciting for me is, like, being in Cleveland, and specifically in Slavic even, um, I'm just kind of now putting the pieces together, but um, I am so excited about creating businesses and creating specifically creative innovative, influential, transformative businesses. And going back to that statement of like, I wanted to do it with family and friends. I knew I also wanted to like have a business partner and have like someone to really do this. Cause up to this point, a lot of my like entrepreneurial ideas had just been like me by myself, like figuring it out while I knew I had family and friends and stuff, but I knew I wanted kind of a partner in this. And mm -hmm. so, uh, Tiffany Haverstadt became this like soul friend, this like piece in the puzzle that was like, wow, Tiffany is this, Tiffany's had a brand, Tiffany is into fashion, Tiffany is running with me in the garden, and Tiffany is just so in love with Jesus, like she's this old new friend that I've been able to connect with. So we've, um, I'm actually living with them, and so we've been like dreaming together and figuring out life, and part of these like dreaming sessions, we've just come up with these radical and amazing ideas of how we can actually be a part of helping Slavic and doing that through creative creativity, fashion, and just multi-creation. Mm. I think the timing is crazy for what you're talking about in the best way. Like, um, sometimes 
when you're in those kinds of experiences where you're hearing all this direction from God and, and he gets you like going and then he sends you somewhere. It's like, as soon as you get there, you're like, what the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, what am I doing? I could give you so many examples of like times where I felt so clearly God was like, go and do this. And then I get there and I'm like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. what did I get into? So you get here, you've been here for a bit and now the, the coronavirus is now broken out everybody's I'm not laughing because it's funny I'm laughing because it's uncomfortable and true like we're living in a time where it's like oh my goodness everything is kind of seemingly falling apart and you've got these amazing ideas and so I'm just I'm really excited that you're here because I don't know that this area has ever needed a renaissance more than it does right now You're listening to Let Go, the new track from Karasu. If you'd like to support him, hit the link in the description and you can buy it now. So I saw recently uh, that as of today, we're recording this podcast. You and Tiffany, your business partner, started a brand new venture today. And I was reading the description, and it's it's funny. It's all the things you're talking about. You're talking about, like, hyper-creativity and hope and justice. And so what exactly, Alex, are you up to right now? <laughs> yes! Everyone, go on their phones right now and go to Instagram first, because Instagram's the coolest. Go to Instagram and follow <laughs> something called Alex in July and like it. And like all the posts, and then go to Facebook, because Facebook is, like, second on the tier, and then do that same thing, like Alex in July, because Alex in July, you're right, Cole, launched today, so, yes, Tiffany and I did this literally today, we stayed up all night last night, kind of creating and putting the pieces together for these ideas that we've had, but the whole idea of this business is we are a hyper-creative business that seeks to bring hope and creativity through producing what we're calling digital designs. Um, So we will, especially right now in this time of Corona and what's happening in Slavic, like I had had mentioned before with the problem we're seeing of like people needing groceries and just practical things. How can we be a positive deliverer of hope and joy in this time and specifically to this neighborhood? So we you know, based on this problem we're seeing, we came up with the solution of like, let's, let's put things out there, out there that are really bright, really colorful, really hopeful, really positive. And so we're actually selling these prints. So we do a lot of sketching and designing. Mm -hmm. And so these sketches and designs will be put on our Instagram and Facebook, and you can actually go and purchase these prints and designs and they're things like quotes they're things like sketches of pretty things like flowers they're kind of under a theme of being biblical and fun and free and full of jesus and full of glory um and you can buy them and right now 50 percent of every purchase is going toward um our 
gift of grocery initiative where we are every week going to deliver groceries to local Slavic Village community members. So you, you said in a post, like literally your next door neighbors. Yes. Who are needing help. Yes. They just got a puppy because <laughs> I guess there's a thing right now called quarantine puppy, which I can totally relate to. I stayed up. A quarantine puppy. Yes. <laughs> um, in walking even to your house, I see these boys and girls club and Joshua kids, kids. I saw their families and I'm like, man. Do you need groceries? What can we do? I know you earlier this week had, did, had mm-hmm. done like a grocery delivery outreach right now in the month of April and specifically during what's happening during coronavirus. We're doing the gift of grocery initiative and selling these prints. So keep a lookout for these prints on Instagram and Facebook that you can buy. We have a link to our PayPal in Facebook and Instagram so you can just donate there right away or you can purchase a print knowing that the proceeds are going to groceries in the neighborhood. So that's kind of right now what's happening. Um, We actually weren't going to launch until July or we were just going to kind of keep waiting. But I think because of what felt like the urgency of hopelessness, Mm -hmm. you know, you walking through Slavic, driving through Slavic. It's like it's like a crazy ghost town. Uh, Mm -hmm. Katie and I were just taking a drive around. Tremont, which is like one of the um, really happening neighborhoods here in Cleveland, and it was like it was a ghost town. It was crazy. So, um, are you selling prints now, and are they digital or are they actual like art prints that they can put on their wall? So we are selling digital prints only. So what happens is if any print any or any post that we post on Facebook or Instagram, if you like it and think it's pretty or fun or cool, you like this illustration, we will you can message us or email us and we will send you the digital file via your email or your message. So then you can print it however size you like and you can put it up on your wall. But at this moment, we're not getting into the printing of things. We're just sending you the digital file. I'm going to put on my infomercial voice here. And Alex, so what you're telling me now is that if people act now, they can not only beautify their life with hyper-creative and hopeful quotes, but they can actually contribute directly to the betterment of people's lives by purchasing groceries for people that you know in this neighborhood? What? (laughs) Why, yes, Cole, you are exactly right. Well, why don't you tell us where we have to call or, uh, no, that's very infomercially. Um, (laughs) Can you give us the name of the website? We don't have a website yet, but if you go... Oh, it's Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) What's your Instagram handle? (laughs) So Facebook, Instagram, Alex and July, within those profiles, there's a link to our PayPal for you to donate. There's also other links like to buy prints and that, and that kind of thing. But right now, since we just launched today, we're starting to put our prints out there. So you will start seeing them in the coming days. And again, they're just prints full of hope. They're colorful, they're bright, they're, they're under a theme. This month is just the word hope. That's our theme for the month. So it's a lot of bright, colorful things. You know how like, you know, you're scrolling, you might as well scroll through things on your phone, you're feeling a little bit bored, whatever. You see something positive, you see a, a pretty print, and you're like, oh, that's nice, and you just like look at it for a while. One of my favorite artists right now is Morgan Harper Nichols. If mm-hmm. none of you have heard of her, you should go check out her on Instagram. She's a poet artist, and she creates sketches and drawings along with poetry, and her sketches are kind of infused with these colors and and themes and and she sells her prints both digitally and 
non-digitally. Um, so. Reality. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of that's kind of some of the inspiration is just these these um, artists on Instagram. So you could you could consider us artists for now. We're creating art. And like I like what you said. Um, we're beautifying things. Mm-hmm. Act now. <laughs> <laughs> Hit up Alex in July, because they are Instagram handling the coronavirus situation. (laughs) Well, cool, you guys. I I am super, super excited for what you're talking about. And I'm also, I I have no doubt that it will continue to evolve into something cool. And I just want to brag on you. Like, um, you guys will see this as you investigate while you're listening on the podcast. But just the promo logo that you made, like your company logo with the pink and the... There's something, see, I I don't know very much about the mechanics of design, but I know a good thing when I see it. And I'm like, see, that to me stands out way above all the like, you know, whatever, like motivational labradoodle posts that I've seen. Like yours, just the logo promo pick popped. So I can tell this is going to be really good. So we'll see. Thank you, Polymath Cole. (laughs) You're welcome, (laughs) Polywog. So with that, do you have any closing comments? I guess I'd just like to tell the audience that your dreams matter and your dreams are seen by God and your dreams are made to be manifest and they, they mean something. Um, and I also just want to bless like your dream season. I know I didn't get into it too much about kind of that intensity of all these dreams I've had, but in the night, like God speaks and God speaks while you sleep and he will literally, he wants to give you like specific revelation for your life in dreams, both at night and just in your kind of daydreaming, going about life style of dreaming. So I just want to bless dreams, um, because they're really important. Yeah, that's amazing. That's something I've talked a lot about on this show, but it's like every time I hear it, I need to hear it again. Because mm-hmm. I think I think we're similar in that way. I have like about a trillion ideas going on in my head at any given time, and uh, uh, it's so easy for me to just revert back to like, well... Well, and I think that's where like the polymath thing comes in. It's like with people that are so creative, they have so many ideas. You're like, how can I infuse all of this? It feels impossible. When in fact, if you look at it in the way of like, no, I'm a polymath. I have so many different skills and abilities that I I want to give. It's almost like now you have permission to create something out of all these skills you have. So like Cole, all, all your dreams matter. Every single million trillion of them, like all of them matter and all of them will be used because God weighs nothing. And it's like, how can, how can the brand of Cole be exemplified in this season? How can the brand and business and persona of Cole be like pushed to the next level, you know? Well, I did have this one dream where it was like I wanted to bring back rat tails and uh, and like shirtless overalls, and so thank you for seeing that because I was al- I had almost given up on that dream, and 
mean, I don't know if I should say this, but have you seen the Tiger King documentary? Because <laughs> you're not far off. <laughs> Dang it. I, I let it sit on the back burner and somebody beat me to it. Uh, Joe Exotic or whatever his name is. No, I have not seen that show, but I cannot escape it. Um, well, let me just ask you this publicly then, Alex. Are you personally recommending this show to people? <laughs> For the sheer fascination of the ludicrousy. Yes. I mean, Joe Exotic's kind of a polymath, so there you go. You can argue it. Cool. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, Alex. And again, I just want to bombard people with how they can help you. So visit their Instagram, Alex in July. Seriously, throw some money their way because not only are you getting some quality, amazing digital prints, but you're also tangibly, literally impacting people's lives by doing so and setting them up for future success. So thank you, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Cole. You're the best. I know. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's show. I want to take a minute and just point you to something really important to me. As you know, we are in a global pandemic, but we in America have the luxury of going to the store, watching Netflix, and using our savings accounts. However, my friends in Peru aren't as lucky. Many of them work each day to get what they need to eat, but because the government shutdown there is so much more severe than ours, it's leading to starvation in the poorer areas. The situation is dire, and these are streets that I've walked with my own feet. These are kids that I've danced and sang with, and they urgently need your help. Thankfully, my friend Pastor Yuri of Freedom Fellowship in Canton, Ohio is in direct partnership with several churches down there. So churches get a special government pass to buy and distribute food. Your money will purchase necessities that will be delivered directly to the families. I've seen the photos of churches packed out with food and families receiving the goods. I know that money is tight for some of you right now, but I also know the supernatural power of generosity, especially in times of trouble. So consider giving even a small amount because it could literally save someone's life. All you have to do is text 330-439-5723. Use the keyword missions and follow the instructions. I'll be sure to put that number and the keyword in the description below. Thank you so much and God bless.